But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. You know what, Rob? One day we're going to need to get a better soundbite so I don't sound like an absolute doofus whenever we start the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 99 best 80 square meters of volleyball on the internet. My name is Everett DeLorme and joined, as always, by my good buddy from the South, Mr. Rob St. Clair in Chi-Town. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we're, we're, all, we're all equals here. Um, it has been an exciting week of volleyball. We're really getting into the nitty gritty of the season. Champions League is, is ramping up. CEV Cup is ramping up. League play is starting to get spicy as those playoff races get down to the wire. And we're here to talk about it. First and foremost, Rob, how are you doing today? Have you, have you recovered from the wedding over the weekend? Huh. Uh, I'm wonderful. Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I've, I've recovered to the best of my ability. I did get to watch a little bit of volleyball over the weekend, which was great. And, uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. This is a crazy, crazy time of the season. It's one of the most fun, really, because uh, there's so much going on. Um, we, there's a lot that we have to catch on ever in the CEV, it, all, yes. all through the CEV tournaments. So do you want to start there? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to start with women or the men? Uh, Let's do in Champions women's League? Champions League first. All right. Yes, there was one match today in the Women's Champions League. We have the first uh, set of playoff matches going down right now. That first one was the Chemic Police uh, against Fenerbahce, and that was a three-set barn burner in Poland. Fenerbahce was able to take it, putting themselves in the in the driver's seat in that series, but that one's got a serious golden set potential. We've also got Vakif Bank against Lodz going down tomorrow, and then Rajov against Valero Le Canet from France going down on Thursday. So they, they spread it out a little bit for us. They did how, spread how, it out a little bit. How, how, how nice of them so that we can watch one, one game per, per day. But um, today's match was a bomb burner. Arena Ferretseva, 25 points for Fenerbahce, 26 for, for Melissa Vargas. And Fenerbahce is really looking really, really good right now with the addition of Melissa Vargas on the right side. And they're looking dangerous. I'm not convinced. No? I, I, I am not convinced. Uh, so th this is a really good match. Good five-setter. Uh, Fenerbahce just rolled in the first set. And I thought it was going to be a, a quick three-dong, no problem. But uh, Polizza got a really clutch block on Vargas in overtime in the second set. Made it competitive. It was really good after that. I'm I'm still not convinced by Fenerbahce. I, I still don't think that they. So the as we look at the bracket here, as as the bracket is set for the first time since we had those makeup matches last week that we'll talk about, the winner of Fenerbahce Polizze plays Corneliano. Neither of those teams is beating Corneliano. I, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, Fenerbahce is not polished enough to beat Corneliano. They, okay. I could see that position position through position. Area of game compared to area of game, I, Corneliano does not lose that particular matchup in any category. And uh, I, I, I like Fenerbahce. I still think their their outside hitter position is a little bit uncertain. I'm, I'm curious if uh, if Ana Cristina is going to continue to start or if Maliha uh, Ismailulu. I don't know what her her married name is now, but they've they've got some they've got some outside hitter options. Um, they've got they've got good middle blocker play. Arena Federal save is really good. I think the only way that Fenerbahce stands a chance against Corneliano in the next round is if they serve the lights out, and that's possible. 
uh, Fenerbahce Fenerbahce is very, very scary. And I think they'll get past Polizia, no problem. But I still don't consider Fenerbahce a contender to win the Champions League. Okay, that's fair. But I could see them just taking on a Canigliano in, in, a, in a two-match scenario, maybe in a, in a golden set. You're going to ha- have to go off from the baseline, and they're going to have to dominate blocking-wise. But I think you're right. Polished-wise, I don't know if they're, they're polished. I think Canigliano is hands down the most polished team in women's volleyball right now. That but I agree with. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've just been absolutely outstanding. We saw them at the World Club Championships. We've seen them in, in the Lega Volley Femminili. So, yeah, they're, they're absolutely outstanding. Um, tomorrow, though, Vakif Bank against Lodge. Vakif Bank has been struggling of late. Are we have. are we seeing that as any potential um, any potential upsets there? So, uh, maybe. So uh, that, that's it, it's good to talk about that series. It starts tomorrow. Uh, Fenerbahce versus Lodge in context of last week, because uh, like we talked about on last week's show, there were two. There were two matches that still needed to be made up at the end of the pool play phase because they were supposed to take place in Turkey. The earthquake displaced that, obviously. So the the matches that we had to make up were Fenerbahce beating Woj 3-0 and Vakif Bank losing to Novara 3-1. And so th- those those two losers of those two matches now match up in uh, in the playoff series. So Vakif Bank fails to win their pool. They go 4-2. and two. They have the one loss to Novara and then they have the loss to, was it Potsdam? That that one five setter that they lost. Yeah, at they, home. they lost to Potsdam as well. Yeah, you're right. So I'm I'm uh, I'm unsure about what I think about Vodka Bank right now because I think that there's a chance that they were trying to be a little too cute and manipulating the bracket a little bit too bit a little bit too much mm-hmm. against Novara. Okay. I think I think there's a chance that they were trying to play some 4D chess or some garbage, and um, now oh. they're in. Uh, they actually do kind of have a better draw because uh, it. Assuming they beat Woods, which I think they're they're talented enough to do, uh, they would get Malonza in the quarterfinal, which is a winnable matchup. But then they're on the same side of the bracket as you see there as Corneliano. And I, I guess like if, if you're a team like Vakabank, you're going to have to see either Corneliano or Zajabasha in all likelihood in one of the semifinals. Uh, so you might as well give yourself an easier quarterfinal series. I think that's kind of what was going on here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't with like with lineup choices so much. Just like it, uh, watching that Vakovic Novara match last week, it just didn't look like Vakovic cared. It didn't look like they had any sense of urgency. And I mean, I, that, I think that I think that is almost to be expected, given on what's going on in their country at the moment. True. And given yeah. that, I, I think a lot of those players in that team in general is probably not looking at volleyball as being, you know, their top priority right now. But you know, one one thing to point out as well too is that this is more or less a rusty team. You know, this is a team that probably hasn't been training all of that much. This is a team that hasn't been competing, right? We haven't we haven't seen any uh, Sutanlar league matches since prior to to the earthquake. Understandably so. Um, so that's why I'm I'm kind of looking at this like if if Ludge has a has a time to strike, it would be now. That is well said, uh, and yeah, it's a great point that the Turkish league has been indefinitely postponed. I'd like. The, the next matches that are that are even on the schedule are not till next weekend. And that's a huge question mark at this point, I think. So, yeah, Vakit Bank is a little bit rusty. I wonder where they're even where they're training, kind of what their day to day has been like. And if there were a chance for a team out of Poland like Woods to, to pounce, it would be then. But um, Woods got smoked by a by Fenerbahce in a pretty important match last week. And I don't think they just have the horses to 
role with Vakif Bank in a two-match series. Maybe they can steal one at home, but um, and maybe maybe tomorrow, maybe that's the one. I wonder where that match is. Let's let's see. It's it's gonna have to be in Ludge because oh, it's not yeah. being played. It's not gonna be played in 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 Turkey as we know because there's there's nothing going on in, in in Turkey. Rob, now looking forward to the match on Thursday. We've got Valero Lecane uh, taking on uh, the developers Rejav. This one is interesting. Le Canin is an interesting team right now, filled with Russians. Right. It's, you know, you've just got a whole bunch of people who are run away, running away from the Russian Super League. They find themselves in, Fran- in, in, in France. Do we think they have a chance against, against what is currently the top team from the Toron Liga? Definitely. Uh, I, think that, I think that series is going to be maybe even the most competitive of the three. Uh, I, think Ooh, that, okay. I, I think that Fenerbahce will will take care of um, whoever they beat today, uh, Polizia. I think they'll take care of them next in the le- next leg, no problem. I think the Vaka Bank's going to take care of Woods, no problem. The one I see with the most golden set potential is this one, uh, Lekanev versus Zhezhov. And unfortunately, the winner has to play uh, the number one seed overall and Tiana Bostkovic and Zajabasha, which is probably not going to go well for either one. But we've seen Lekanev play good volleyball. We've seen because they're so, so, so Russian dominated. And uh, mm-hmm. Zhezhov is a team that seems to always kind of be greater than the sum of its parts and they have champions league experience like remember last year they actually beat fakif bank in a leg of a bracket of uh, like a two-match bracket series before losing the next one so uh that team has been there before looking at has not although they maybe have a little bit higher of a ceiling i'm actually really looking forward to this series interestingly enough looking is one of those teams that's doing well in Champions League, but not so much, not so well domestically. They're sitting in sixth right now uh, in the Liga Femina, uh with only really? 30, 39 points. Yeah, thirteen and seven. Um, and, they, and they make it out of their pool in Champions League. But and they make it. And they make it the out French of their League. pool. You know, we sometimes we see that. Sometimes we see teams um, who do well in Champions League and and not so well uh, domestically, or the other way around. And I mean, hey, we're going to talk about Timothy Carr. Carl and on his Berlin squad, that's a player who's nowhere to be found when he plays in the Bundesliga and yet can drop 21 points in a five setter in the <laughs> Champions League, right? Um, so, yeah, w- what are we expecting? We expecting uh, uh, Rezhov to, t- to take that one. Is that one in, in uh, Poland we, th- we saw? Let's see. Uh, that one's in France. That so, one's in France. Yeah, okay. that one is in France on Thursday. Uh, Vakif Bank is at Woj tomorrow. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's, both those matches are at 2 p.m. Eastern the next two days. So they are, they are doing, uh, doing us a favor and spreading out Champions League this week a little bit with uh, no men's Champions League for a couple weeks. Uh, kind of all focus on those couple matches. But we've also got CEV Cup, Challenge Cup, uh, all that. It's, 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 every, every week is a big week for the CEV from here on out. And it does look like both of those matches are going to be available for free on YouTube. They'll, they'll, um, they'll definitely turn them members only when they start. They usually like activate the links and just to get them out there and then turn them into members only. That's what they did today with the Polizia game. Okay. So uh, probably you'll probably have to pick up the YouTube membership for CV or Eurovolley TV, but uh, join the Discord, obviously. We'll make sure you know where to watch these things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Men's Champions League. Um, or is there anything... No, we move on to the men, right, where we now yep. know what the quarterfinal um, results or the quarterfinal is going to be. Zaxo wins, Berlin wins, Friedrichshafen wins. Uh, where do we want to start? I kind of want to start with the, the Zaxo versus Zavieci, a game that was an interesting one. And Alexander Slivko was absolutely unreal. Zaxo winning 
uh, won the first, lost the second, won the third, and all they needed to win was those first two sets. And then we saw the benches come on for both teams. But Slivka was unconscious in the first three sets. He had 17.16 for 25 leading Zaxa to the win in this one. Even though Zavirci did end up winning the game in five, it didn't matter as soon as Zaxa won that second set. Yeah, Shlifko was on another level that match. She was absolutely phenomenal, uh, supported decently by the rest of the cast, but he outplayed Euros Kovacevic in, in two players that play a very similar style. Uh, he significantly outplayed Euros Kovacevic head-to-head. Uh, I mean, 16 for 25 with one error is absolutely amazing for a player of that play style. Kovacevic, conversely, 10 for 20 with five errors. Zaxa was way better prepared to defend against Kovacevic than Zavierce was prepared to defend against Shlivka. That was my biggest takeaway. They, it, it's weird that you see that player. that They're very similar. You see that, that very similar player. Uh, they, they play a kind of different roles in the two teams, but their play styles are as close as they can be, and they're both very yeah. unique. You see it every day in practice. Zaxa was so much better prepared. Yeah, but I think you said it right Right themselves. They play different roles. You're yeah. not expecting Shlifka to have that type of game. You're expecting Yuroskovacevic to have Kovacevic to have that type of game, right? But, you know, when you when you look at that Zaxa lineup, you're like, hey, well, Bednors can really hurt us or Kazmarok on, on the right side. Um, Shlifka isn't necessarily the guy that, that is gonna, you're going to see to really put up a lot of points. Um, but it just, it really shows you how deep Poland is. Once again, I know, I feel like we kind of harp on this a lot, not harp, but like we kind of bring light to how good Poland is so often, but it's so damn true. Like you have Slivka, who's just a, a, like, in, in so many other terms, like just another guy. Like um, imagine if one of the first guys off your bench or maybe even the fourth guy off your bench, depending on where you want to put Bednors or, or whoever else was as good as Alexander Slivka. Like it, it's just unreal. But this Zoxa team, man, they're they're a team that I was kind of writing off at the beginning of the season, and they are picking up some steam, especially in Champions League. They've looked a little iffy at, at times in the Plus Liga, but in Champions League, they're going to be looking really good. And if you look at uh, how, who they're going to be playing against in the next round, we get year number three of Trentino versus Zaxa, this time in the quarterfinals. And Trentino's coming off an, an odd five-setter against Milano. So that's a team that's kind of been a little rocky for, Trent, for Trentino standards. Well, Trentino's going to go straight from this weekend's Italian Cup, and Zaxa's going to go into this weekend's Polish Cup, and then they'll see each other in Champions League very shortly thereafter. you got to remember, they've already seen each other twice this year. That's going to be a rematch True. from pools. And those absolutely. those pool matches, especially the last one, were absolutely amazing. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, we, we can never get enough of Zaxa versus Trentino. Uh, those teams no. know each other extremely well. So that's going to be a great quarterfinal. That same side of the bracket has Perugia, of course, uh, everybody's picked to win the entire tournament against Berlin. You want to talk about that Berlin match? Berlin winning yeah. a one-match do-or-die series against Zierotbank at home. Another yeah, five-setter. It, another five-setter. It was spicy. Yeah. I almost, I, I really would. And once again, I was really excited for this matchup. As I said, I thought these teams matched up really, really well. But as we talked about it just a little bit ago, Simotse Karl was lights out in this one. Um, 16 kills, three aces, two blocks, and Berlin taking it in five at home. Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yes. Not going to matter, unfortunately. Uh, they're they're no. going to go play Perugia. They're going to get stomped. And I, I do kind of feel bad for Zirat Bank and all that, all that all the Turkish teams have been through. I think they got 
hurt the most in the way that things ended up being reformatted not to even get to play a second leg of that series was a bummer but um although they got it to five the fifth set was never in doubt berlin jumped out early in the fifth and voter termont made a couple late errors and 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 it was over Uh, it was cool to see osmani Juan Terena. Um, he looked good he did look good he looked 16 for 26 16 for 26 absolutely reception not so good. No. 39% positive, only 7% uh, perfect. He had got ace twice, and he held a lot of the load uh, with 28 targets on the day. But the libero for Zerat Bankazi, um, Bayraktar, Bayraktar? Yeah. Is, is, is that how you pronounce it? Yep, you Man, only 26% positive uh, and 19% perfect. He got aced six times, six times. And that, to me, is, is really where you saw... like. Reception-wise, 12 aces uh, for Berlin as for only six against Azira Bank. That was a tough one. Yeah, you, you can't you can't get a six times and pass less than 30% positive if you're a starting libero in the Champions League. You're just going to lose at that point. That is, uh, that is not an acceptable stat line. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm just waiting for Blair Lambert to give us a little tidbit here. He's at Berlin has done two things that Hulk Bank hasn't beat Zavierci twice and Z- beat Z- Zirat Bankazi, which is very interesting. Very interesting because Hulk Bank, when you look at like in the scope of the Champions League, has looked to be like the strongest, the, uh, the strongest of the Turkish teams. And I, I still would, would call that to be the case. Uh, although, I mean, like you just said about looking on the women's side, what happens in the domestic league doesn't always translate to what happens in champions league. Even if Very it's, fair. even if it's the same guys, there's just a, a different sort of ethos around it. Also with no foreigner limits, especially mm-hmm. a team like a Turkish team has more flexibility. Um, so Hulk bank, I mean, Ziyad bank is out. So there's, there's only one Turkish team remaining in the final eight on the men's side. And I still, I honestly kind of want to pick Hulk bank Ankara to beat Lubech even Nova. I could easily see them winning that series. Blair, Blair, are you sure about this? Because Hulk Bank is seventeen and one right now uh, in the in the uh, uh, Fuller League, so we, we might we might have to check check into that. Hulk uh, Bank's uh, really uh, good. I think yeah, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk Bank, Bank is, is is really good. Bank is really good. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, the, the, moving down the quarterfinals, we got Hulk Bank versus Lube. We've already known about that one. That's the the four versus five seeds overall, but that one's going to be really fun. And then yeah, Shimsky. Right. Yashemski versus Friedrich Safin is the last one. Another pool rematch. Uh, Friedrich mm-hmm. Safin only needed two sets to beat Tours or to advance past them. Um, they actually went down 2-0. Tours went up two sets to none um, and then completely fell asleep at the wheel, allowed themselves to get reverse swept to get eliminated from the tournament. So that was kind of a bummer. Oh, that that is a bummer. Man, Tours. Had a little bit of a fighting spirit, Abuba, with 25 points in there. But Friedrichshafen, you're really starting to see the Lebedou influence there. We have three players in double digits um, uh, on this one for, for Friedrichshafen. So, damn. But my boy, Andre Brown, 7 for 10 in the middle. Yep, he was, got, they got to give him. They got to give him more swings, man. Got to give him more swings. He was great. Uh, there were actually only two. I, I called this game. I called the whole series. Uh, there, Friedrichshafen only had two healthy middles, and they, that's all they needed. They were just fine. Yeah, for for tours, Abuba was unbelievable in the first set, and it was actually the exact same way uh, in the match last week where they got three donk. 
Abuba was unbelievable in the first set and then not nearly as good the rest of the match. Um, Tours offense was pretty one-dimensional. And again, they had their backup setter in. So uh, mm. their, their, their starting setter, this Zelko Chorich character, Bosnian guy, could only play the backcourt. He, he came in a couple times in the, like, in like the double sub for the 6-2. He couldn't block, so he couldn't play much past that. And a backup setter, it's, it's difficult to get past that. So... I kind of miss Abuba in the in the Superliga. You know, we we saw him when Avibo had that fantastic season two years ago, uh, and it was him and uh, Defalco, Falco, and and Thibaut Rossard and and they just had like such a good a good squad that worked so well together. And what they finished like fourth in the regular season, now they're rele- relegated. I do miss Abuba. Do we think Abuba deserves a shot on the the Brazilian national no. team? No. no, no, he's okay. far too error prone. He's far, far, far too error prone. I think he's his attacking game is pretty one dimensional. Um, he's big and he's physical, but I think, um, especially at the national team level, uh, t- other teams would block and eat him alive defensively. So um, he's also not young. I think he's in his 30s. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's, I think that's about it for the Men's Champions League. We don't have, we've got a few weeks off until we see the start of the quarterfinals, correct? Right. I think we've got two weeks off. So, yeah, no games this week or next week. I think like the March 7th ballpark is when Men's Champions League comes back. Might even be three weeks off. Uh, so, yeah, just, just keep those quarterfinals in the back of your mind. Yeah, those are scheduled. So, they comes back on uh, Wednesday the 7th. And then, uh, the second legs are the following week. That's oh man, there's going to be some good games in there, but we'll we'll talk about that when the series come a little closer. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the CEV Cup. We're already talking about the men's. So let's just stay on that side right now. Um, we've got a few things that are, that are wrapping up. Um, can can we can you explain to me how Scrub Bechetov won three nothing today, and yet Karlo Varsko is still advancing? Was there was there a, a golden set for that? No, Carlo Carlo is not advancing. Scra beat him. Uh, Scra's oh, okay. moving forward. Yeah, Scra. I, I can't remember the the score of the first match. It might have been Scra might have beat him. Yeah, in I five. thought it was. It was a it was a five it was a five setter. Okay, well, our yeah. notes are just our, our notes are just just wrong here. Um, Scra won three zero. Uh, so that that one no no real drama there. Uh, Modena beat Ljubljana three zero in the second leg. Not a whole lot of drama there. Uh, well, that, that game, yeah, that game wasn't even close. The Scraw, at least the set scores were a little closer. Where the drama really shows up here is the bottom of that bracket. There were yes. two golden sets. Finally, finally we get some golden set action. Fine. And they were both ridiculous. Uh, Piacenza over Montpellier. We talked about Piacenza getting upset by Montpellier on the road in the first leg. They come back and, and win. I think the golden set was like 15 to 6. Yeah, 15 uh, 7, 15 this, 7. Year, this year on this stat sheet. Man, oh, Yuri Romano. 13 for 20 attacking that is absolutely unreal he had two blocks and six aces Whoa. six and man this is but that's classic romano right romano sorry like when romano needs when, when you need a big game from yuri romano he shows up yeah and this is exactly what what he was in this one that's unreal from the baseline six aces and only two errors and you know what when he's serving like that and the rest of the team is going it's going to be hard to stop and uh, Robert Landy Simone was good. Yandy Leal was good enough. Um, all, this was before Leal hurt his ankle in the Superliga uh, this over the weekend, which we'll certainly talk about. But yeah, Piacenza figured it out. They they played terribly on the road in the leg before. Uh, they won the they won the match three to zero. They won the Golden Set fifteen to seven. 
It was uh, not all that dramatic as far as golden sets go. The one that was dramatic uh, was was the last quarterfinal that we got to talk about. The all-Belgian match, Nakaru Solare versus Masaic. Um, Masaic wins the second leg 3-0, 25-23, 28-26, 28-26. So, like, crazy competitive, but it was a 3-0 to force a golden set. Then, in the golden set, and uh, somebody posted this video in the Discord, and my jaw was on the floor watching it. It was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen to win a match or to win a series. At 16-15 in the golden set, Rusolare had a swing. Rusolare was serving a like, golden set point to advance 16-15. They slowed down a ball on the block. They got a chance in, they got a chance in transition. They set Pablo Kukartsev, who's this backup Argentinian opposite, who's their primary scorer. They set him out of the back row for the win. He gets stuff blocked, but it bounces off his shoulder. It goes over the net, lands on the Mosaic side, golden set over. He didn't even know what had happened, but his teammates started celebrating. He got blocked and went off his shoulder and landed on the other side of the net to score. I sent Everett the video right before the show. You, you, your reactions were similar to mine. It was one of the craziest plays to clinch a, a match or a golden set that I've ever seen. Yeah, that is absolutely unreal. Um, and it's really too bad because Mosaic was having you you were having an all-time match by Farah Riegers on the other side for Masiak 30 points 30 points in like in in what is like technically four sets yeah but realistically only three and a half because one of them was a, was went to 15 24 for 48 two blocks and once again six aces um that is or sorry four aces and 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 six airs that's that's really too bad just has an all-time performance and ends up losing by the shoulder of Kirkaitsev. that yeah. is nuts ridiculous play ridiculous play go look it up if you haven't seen it yeah fairy reggers is a guy a name i've heard of only because dan uh dan manili pointed him out years ago as like a good belgian prospect but i've never actually really seen him play so nice yeah, numbers a, he's but... a 2003 so he's yeah. young he's 20 years old right real now, or real young. if that 19, 19 or 20 so I mean, may, hey, maybe uh, Belgium's got some nice young prospects coming up. I mean, they've had Sam Derue just just on his own for so long. So maybe maybe, maybe Belgium's got someone there. And then there we've got the uh, is that this is the uh, the why am I why am I stuttering the the bracket? There we go. Yeah, so uh, we've, we've got the bracket. It's not up to date. I was digging through every every CV platform I can find, trying to find an updated to bracket. It in a few days. It's fine. Of course, it was nowhere to be found. But uh, those the, the semifinals for CV Cup start the same week as Champions League, so there's a couple of weeks. Uh, Rusolari versus Piacenza and Modena versus Skrabelkatov. Probably going to be an all Italian final, we think, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if you look at how. Th- how things are are going up scraw really not having that great that great of year i mean that is going to be two of the most legendary clubs going toe to toe so you know that there's going to be a lot of pride uh, at heart um but scraw just not up to snuff this year i mean hey what was it like 20 points and uh from antenasievich like i don't think we've seen that at all from from him in the plus league of this year because scraw's way outside of the uh outside of the playoff playoff race and piacenza has been an up and down team uh as well so and now that Leal is is injured and possibly out for the rest of the season, I don't. I'm not entirely sure, but still going to be playing against uh, Nac Rosalaire. I'm not entirely sh- sure that uh, Rosalaire has the chops to go up 
go up against uh, Piacenza. Yeah, I agree with that. So decent chance we see all Italian finals there. Uh, same with CEV Cup, but switching over to the women's side. Uh, the women's side of CEV Cup is down to the final eight teams. Uh, there's actually a bunch of these matches going on tomorrow, but there were two today, both including, uh, in my opinion, really the only two contenders left in CEV Cup. That is Scandici beating Potsdam 3-0, and THY Istanbul beating Mulhus from France also 3-0. Those two are on the same side of the bracket. It is very likely that we see THY versus Scandici in the semis that will probably be like a, it'll basically be the finals, but one round too early. Do you agree with that, Everett? Oh, yeah, fully. I mean, if you look at the rest of these teams, I, I don't think anyone really matches up. You've got the, what is that? The other Lodge team taking on Blaj uh, from, from Romania, um, Olympiacos against uh, Targoviste, the other, another team from, from Romania. But this THY team is really, really good. I mean, if you look at it today, Kira Van Rijk was absolutely lights out 20 for 29. She hit 69%, uh, you know, hitting percentage and efficiency. She had no, didn't get blocked, had no errors. Got two blocks and three aces for twenty five points, in and just three sets in three sets. I mean, man, that that's that's what you can see from Kira Van Rijk sometimes. If if you see, if she sees a team that's like not up to snuff against her, I mean, we saw it all the time in U Sports when she played for UBC, and then she finished she finished uh, with like I think she was scoring like six points a set uh, back when she was playing for UBC, and that's exactly what we're what we're seeing here too. Just absolutely unreal. Twenty five points in three sets, 18, 15, and 16, all for THY. And I'm really excited for that THY versus Scandici um, matchup because I think it's going to be a good one. You're right. It's gonna, it's hands down going to be the final. I think it's that's basically the final. Yeah, Scandici today, uh, much closer against Potsdam. And Potsdam's good. I mean, we saw that up- upset mm-hmm. versus Vakif Bank in Champions yep. League before they dropped down, getting third in their pool, and now they're in CEV Cup. Uh, Scandici's just more talented than Potsdam. And uh yeah, and this was this was in Germany. So Scandici is going to get a pretty ch- easy chance at home to win two sets in advance. But yeah, that's that semifinal series. If we get it, Thy versus Scandici is going to be the only thing really worth watching in this women's CV Cup. But that series is going to be really good. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there was one thing too out that Scandici is not going to be hampered by uh, the foreigner rule as much Great uh, as, as they are as, as they point. are in Italy, but. Let me just pull up THY's uh, roster here because I think they're another team that um, is loaded with with foreigners um, and has the ability to kind of go deeper into the bench. Yeah, they've, uh, maybe... they've got four. They've got four foreigners in the starting lineup. Uh, and yeah. so so Emily Maglio, Canadian girl in the middle, yeah. gets gets to gets to play a lot more freely. Yeah, they've got three foreign wings. They've got Kier Van Rijk, yeah. Matt, Maddie Kingdon, and uh, Hannah Orthman from Germany. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a really good one with two teams at full force, no foreigner rules limits whatsoever, and they're just going to be able to tee off on each other. So yeah, that one's going to be the only good one to uh, to watch from the CEV um, the CEV Women's Cup. The beauty of CEV, no foreigner limits. It's uh, it's fun to watch how teams adapt to that. All right, uh, last but not least for the CEV, let's talk about Challenge Cup Everett. And the only reason there's all that much to talk about here is because there was another golden set. It was an mm-hmm. all-Greek, very much a rivalry game. Uh, we previewed it either, I can't remember, last week or the week before, and you, and you said, correctly so, the crowds in Greece get nuts, rowdy. rowdy. Absolutely yeah. insane. So much so, in fact, that before this match, when Olympiakos was playing Panathinaikos, who um, Panathinaikos won the first leg, Olympiakos had to win 3-0, 3-1, force a golden set, which they did. 
the before warmups of that game last week, the fans were so insane that they actually had to cancel the match, push it back a day, and then play it the next day behind closed doors. They couldn't even have fans in the stands because they were that ridiculous. I kind of wish they would have had had left them just because who knows what would have happened. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I, it really makes me like pine for the days when Greek volleyball was at the top and you had like like there was there was back in the days like in, in the two thousand and and two thousands and twenty tens when Greek teams were competing at the Champions League level. Right. 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 Um and they are so passionate because once again, especially for the Greek teams, like both Panathinaikos and Olympiakos, they're both sport clubs. They right. compete in soccer and in, in volleyball and in basketball, especially in, in handball. So these fans are supers of the club um, and they have very much like um, community bases as well, too, with, within Athens. So um, it's too bad that we didn't get to see the fans there, but good big ups to uh, your boy there south salvador hidalgo um and getting another getting another win and he's just going man he he just keeps on going love doesn't matter guy. where he is yeah absolutely i yeah. did see some some of the celebrations afterwards he was posting them on instagram and the fans were outside waiting for them with flares and fireworks and everything it was it was bananas those people are nuts uh yeah olympiacos actually has some names on the roster that's where like we we they were supposed to play a Champions League, if we remember, but they kind of chose not to make the necessary investment into their home arena to put it up to mm-hmm. Champions League standards and instead uh, are playing in Challenge Cup. They've like Tunchek Stern is there, Dragon Travica is there, Alan Payank is uh, there. Like, okay. So ba- it's basically just like uh, like an old washed up team. You know, of like old washed up players. Eventually we're going to see Ante- Alexander Tanasievich there too. All right, Rob is pulling a me from a few weeks ago, just coughing on some water. Um, <laughs> someone actually chirped me. There, I was like, "Imagine choking on tea," and I was like, "Bro, come on, be nice." <laughs> yep. You okay? You okay? You okay over there, buddy? I've been over here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a good time to uh, jump on to um, our advertisement here. Um, so, if you want to look good, like Rob and I, Rob is actually wearing merch this week. Wearing the spicy volleyball T-shirt, I'm wearing, as always, the nine by the nine by nine squared. You can have it over to that volleyball dot that volleyball dot store and use the code spicy for fifteen percent off of your entire order. I'm seeing a bunch of you leaving leaving your carts just unattended. You're putting a bunch of things in the cart and then not buying it. Come on, guys, help us out. Give make you know make a little purchase. Just, just, just help us out. Let's do it. And and if 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 you're a designer who's uh, you know either a fan of ours or in the Discord, just let us know. Maybe help uh, help us design some shirts because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just copying other people's designs. So <laughs> there is some good yeah. stuff in there. Uh, the that volleyball that store is full of great stuff. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, I'm really struggling here. <laughs> yeah, use the code I, I, spicy. We got we got the promo code for 15 percent off yeah. still. And, you know, it looks like Rob, it sounds like Rob just ate a bunch of spicy food right now right. Um, with his, with his, uh, with his voice. One thing that we didn't mention about the challenge cup real quick is that they're going to take on Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, of uh, Israel in the finals. And I mean, remember when like Milano won a few years ago, well, why is there no Italian teams or any good teams? Like, why are we getting Maccabi Tel Aviv? Um, Saint 
um, Kyle Ensing because that's where he's played. He's played for the past <laughs> past past few years against Olympiacos. So no idea. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean it's Challenge Cup is Challenge Cup. It's, it was only notable because the the fans were so rowdy that they literally couldn't play the match. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on now to uh, the men's Super Lego, where it was a bit of a rowdy weekend. Um, first and foremost, starting on Saturday at the bottom of your screen there, Toronto moving out of the relegation BC. Um, I do have to say, though, Siena's Dark Force green jerseys with the red circle on them, they might, I love them. They're beautiful. I would buy, buy one of those in a heartbeat. Um, but a few other. Maybe not surprising, but but a few big matches. Padova taking on um, Monza. Ryan Takahashi in that one, 21 points. Padova wins it in five. Uh, Stephen Marr was also really good with, with 20 points. And I think he was like 63% uh, attacking. Perugia, 3 nothing over Tristerna. Who cares? Uh, Chivitinova, Lube, pulling off another win in 2023. They're building up some steam now. Uh, in the second half of the season, a five setter against Piacenza. Of course, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Leal hurts himself uh, and his and his knee or his, or his ankle. ankle. I think it was his, his ankle. ankle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Verona, Verona once again, two weeks in a row, they go up to nothing, lose the next two, and then save themselves in the fifth. But that's five wins in in in, in a row for Verona. Maxim Sapochkov was absolutely unreal, especially early on. I think he had like 29 points in this one or something. We can we can check in a second. And then finally, Milano and Trentino going the distance. So many five setters. Five, five, five setters up. Crazy. this week. But Trentino staying up there. And I think they actually move into second place now with that win and the, the loss for Modena. Not quite because Modena okay. still got him by a point. So yeah, let's, let's look at the standings before we jump into the matches in more detail. Perugia, whatever I want to, I want to yeah. direct your focus to the bottom, the bottom of the standings this weekend was huge because Padova got two points against Monza. Toronto got two points against Siena, but Siena got the one. Also, Siena still has a match that they have to make up. They're going to play Lube Chivadinova in a makeup game this Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Not that they're That's necessarily like going to get yeah. any points, but uh, they, they still, everybody else has only two matches left to play. Siena and Lube have three. So the relegation race is very much on, but Padova getting that win, getting two points might just be good enough. And I mean, Taranto Siena head to head was huge. It's probably going to come down to those two teams. Almost yeah. definitely. And uh, she's staring at not doing themselves any favors. They're sort of settling into the a little bit of a no man's land at ninth. They're uh, four points behind Milano in eighth. Yeah, absolutely. If we want to start with the Siena versus Toronto match, this one, Ibrahim Lawani, 29 points. This kid is legit. You still There's still some things in his game that aren't, too polished. I mean, he got blocked eight times, but he is legit. He was 23 for 49, got with four blocks uh, and two aces. He was unreal. And Oleg Antonov, we're seeing this guy randomly look like it's 2013 every once in a while, and he was also good with, with 20 points. On the other side of the net, Van Garderen finally cooled down. He only had seven points, seven points in four and a half sets. He played all four and then came off the bench in the fifth. That's not great for a guy who's been scoring, you know, 25 plus over the past few, few ones. But Bartman is back. It took yes. him a little while. If you watch this match, it took him a little while to get going. But man, oh man, did he 
looked good or wrong, especially fourth and fifth. He was almost automatic, and he just looked like he was picking and choosing. Classic Bartman style. Uh, he went 18 for 40 um, with a, a block and an ace, but still not good enough for Siena, and they found themselves back in the basement. Yep, they're in the basement by one point, and they're going to need a serious miracle uh, to, to grab some points somewhere else. So Siena's got Lube in the makeup game. Then they've got Verona. Then they've got Monza. Maybe, that, maybe that. They, they grab a point or two. Um, Toronto has Perugia. No way. No way. And Milano. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. We'll and then, see. I mean, Milano's Padova, another up and down team. Yeah, they are. Padova, who looks like they're safe right now, but you never know. Padova has Trentino, which is probably an L, and Piacenza, which could really go anyway. I mean, it's so hard to project the the, the playoffs. It's so hard to project relegation, like, even with just two matches remaining, because of how much of a roller coaster this Super Lega season has been. It's just impossible to predict, and, and mm-hmm. which just makes it awesome. So. Yeah, Toronto, good job. Uh, you, you got the job done in a head-to-head match against the other team that might get relegated, but I don't think they're feeling safe just yet. No, absolutely not. I don't think so either. Rob, for question for you, Piacenza versus Civitanova. Piacenza takes the first two sets, um, not easily, but eight, 18 and 22. Lube bounces back, and then in the fourth, we see Leal go down uh, with uh, the ankle injury. Riccine comes in, and you could tell he was cold because he was not good. He was one for six attacking. Did get two blocks, though, and one of them was absolutely massive. We posted that one on our story. Uh, it was it was huge. But does Piacenza pull that win off in four if Leal doesn't get injured? Uh, probably. I they, think so too. Yeah, they, they they probably do. I can't remember exactly where in that fourth set it was that he got hurt. It was obviously it was tight all the way through. It ended up twenty five twenty three. Lube, um, yeah, good for Lube. They pull off the reverse sweep. I know Alex Nikolov was really good, but you've got to think that that might be a different outcome if Leal doesn't go down. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Nikolov was all right if you're looking at the stat sheet here. He was twelve for thirty two, got blocked twice, and and with two errors. Overall, offensively, Lube was very average. They yeah. hit forty-eight, hit forty-eight percent, and got blocked twelve times and with seven errors. So you can tell that there's still a little bit of a little bit of discord uh, on that uh, on that roster right now for for Lube. And I think for them to repeat and defend, what are they? The past they've won oh, the past yeah. two championships. That, that's that's I, not going to happen, and we we all know no. that that's not going to happen. Their their run has come to an end. They're wildly inconsistent. I think I would think that a good a good goal for Lube would be to beat Hawkbank Anchor in Champions League. I think if they do that, get to the semifinals, they would probably call the season a success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, Milano versus Trentino. Milano. Jean Patry was lights out in this one with 23 points, but um, Yuki, Yuki Ishikawa also really good with with 18. Uh, and then looking at Trentino, 21 for Matej Kaczynski, 20 for Alessandro Mitkalecto, and then 19 for Daniel Ilavia. Um, this team is just so good. They're just not as good down the middle as the, as they used to be. Yeah, still no Lisanats. Uh, that's that's a pretty big asterisk. He's one of the best in the world when he's healthy. Pedrosin is just not that much of a factor anymore at his age. Um, Trentino has been playing really clean, with the exception of Matej Kaziski. He's making way too many errors, and it's the uh, you know I I would kind of like to see them go back to 
last year's orientation where they put Lavia opposite the setter and ran it like a three outside hitter thing. This year it's been a very traditional offensive volleyball with Kaziski as the true opposite. And he's an ageless wonder. He's one of the best players we've ever seen, but he's not really an opposite. And the numbers haven't no. been overwhelmingly good. I think they kind of took something that was new, maybe assumed that everybody else was going to figure it out and therefore went back to the conventional system. I kind of wish they would have stuck with it because uh, Kaziski's numbers on the right haven't been very good. Uh, Micheletto and Lavier were both totally fine in this one, by the way. Very few errors. I- I just think that he's just not there to be serve receiving anymore, especially when you look mm-hmm. at La- La- Lavia and uh, and Micheletto. Like both of those are, are two guys who might be like top five serve receivers right in the world in in terms of just just touch and and, and consistency. Uh, and I don't think Kaziski a had that ever, and I don't know if he has it anymore. And I mean Kaziski a, if you look at it one way or another, he's terminating the rally, right? <laughs> he got that right. <laughs> he, he he got sixteen kills. Uh, and it got ten errors, ten errors if, if you're counting blocks, but also five aces in this one, which is absolutely huge. Um, he got like what, like he got five of the six aces that Trentino got in this match, so that's absolutely massive. He's a weapon whenever he goes back to the baseline. Yeah, this match didn't end up being all that significant. It was really good, like it was really mm-hmm. good. The, the, the set scores were very, very tight until the fifth when, when Milano kind of laid down and died, but. Didn't end up changing all that much in terms of standings placement. Yeah, no, absolutely not. All right, moving on. Uh, Verona versus uh, versus Modena, and as as we talked about, Verona starting absolutely lights out, and they had Shapushkov on the rights off Kaida with um, is who commentated this match? It's actually someone I like. Um, it's the guy from the, the Sandcast. Why can't Travis Merriweather? Merriweather. Oh, he uh, did indoor? Was, cool. Yeah, he's, he's been doing some indoor stuff recently. But he was calling him Cato. It was just frustra- frustrating me so much. So, for Travis, if you're listening to this, you're probably not. Love your commentating. Uh, just call up Rob about some uh, pronunciation <laughs> stuff because Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob knows what's up. But, uh, yeah, Shaposhkov in this one, 24 for, for 49. He had two aces and, th- and got blocked or, and, and three blocks. Um, was fantastic in the first two lights out, but then really disappeared as as the match went on. We were I was wondering if we were gonna see um um see them shift Kato to the right and bring Magalini in. I am a little bit surprised that they didn't do that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a little surprised as, as well too, but you know, hey, that's that's what happened. But Verona Question, how how was Verona's reception? Bad. Really bad. Twenty three percent positive as a team is yeah. so bad. And and I found what really happened in the first first two sets is that Modena was just putting no pressure on from the baseline, right? And they were just just not good. They were, you could tell that they are out of sorts uh, for a little bit because truly, when you were watching this match, Dragon Stankovic, Daddy was the absolute oh. best player on the court. And I mean, at the end of the day, he was nine for fourteen with four blocks. Um, so he was pretty lights out. Um, but this is what is, is so special. I think about Modena is because of the, because of the, the experience that they have on this team, they just know how to get it going and they know how to pick up a little bit momentum. And that's exactly what they saw, what we saw until the fifth set when everything kind of fell apart. Yeah. A nice comeback effort. Got to give Addis Legumja a huge shout out. He was amazing. 17, 17 for, for 32. 32, no errors at all. 21 points. That's, Amazing. Yeah. 
the the roller coaster ride of Verona continues. Uh, I mean, they're they've won five in a row, but as you di- when you dig into it a little bit more about how they're winning these games and what's kind of happening into these matches, it's still not really. I don't know what's the word secure or convincing. Uh, I'm not convinced by Verona. I still think that they're fragile. I still think that Stoichev can't make up his mind on how he wants the wings to go. I think that uh, Gord Perrin leaving midseason is a, is an underratedly huge loss. I, I I would be surprised, happily surprised, if Verona won a playoff series because I really like this team. I think they're they're really fun to watch when they're clicking, but the lows are a little too low and happen a little too often. Yeah, and I mean, right now it's really too early to figure out what's going to happen. I mean, if you're looking at if if you can pull up the standings real quick, yeah. um, if you're looking at you know positions four through eight, there's only five points separating them. I know that you've only got two two matches, um, two matches remaining, but still that that could happen so much. You know, Milano could potentially end up all the way in fourth. Lube, if they don't win their matches, could end up all the way uh, down in eighth. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so much movement there potentially. Um, and realistically, when I look at all of those teams from Lube, even down to Chisterna, although Chisterna, are they statistically out yet? Oh, no. I mean, if, if they win, if they win their next two, they've got a great chance. They've got Piacenza, then Verona, and those are both must win games for Chisterna. I think if they, if they lose even one of them, they're probably dead. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. Let's look at some of the, the matchups just to, to figure out because there's a lot of different scenarios here. Okay, Trentino's taking on Padova and, and Modena. Okay, so that, that Modena versus Trentino, Padova. Modena, yeah. Yeah. So that, that one's gonna be really interesting because um you like that is gonna determine realistically who's finishing in second and who's gonna get Ultimately, who's probably going to get a home home court advantage in the semifinal round when they probably play again? <laughs> when, when when they when they probably play again? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Piacenza Piacenza is in a good spot though. I know they lost Leal, but they have Cisterna uh, and they have Padova, so that that's going to be interesting for them. They don't have Leal, but they do have Licorelli coming back nicely. So. That could be a factor. But the thing about that is maybe they don't even want to move up from where they are. Sixth is actually a really good spot. You don't want to be four or five. You certainly don't want to be eight because that, that requires playing Perugia. Uh, if, you're, if you're four or five, you're playing Perugia in the second round. If you're eight, you're playing Perugia in the first round. Nobody wants any of those things. Six and seven are pretty good spots. And Piacenza with two very winnable games coming up, I wonder if people try and game the system a little bit to try and stay six and seven. It's by by uh, the show two weeks from now, like after the next match is played and there's only one match to go. I think those scenarios will be a little bit more clear. But you better believe that people are looking at those bracket matchups and trying to avoid playing Perugia. Hundred percent. But I also I wouldn't want I would want to play Modena. I would not want to play Trentino. Right. Trentino's shown time and time again that they have this like like when you look at the success overall, like with that roster, like Lavia and and Micheletto uh, and Spertoli even have won a European championship, have won a world championship, have been to been to Champions League finals, have been to I don't know if they've been to the Scudetto finals. I don't. Did they go last year? No, uh, no, they didn't. They didn't. But still, like that's a team that knows how to win. And I wouldn't want to play them. I would want to play Modena. 
right? Yeah, because I'll take they, Bogdan. They, I agree. Right, absolutely. Right. I if if I'm any of these teams. I want to I want to be on the other side of the net of Modena. I do not want to be on the other side of the net of Trentino because Trentino is a team that is going to be able to turn it on in the in this in the quarters in the semis for sure. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be very very interesting. So much uh, movement. Two matches left in the Super Lega regular season, which is crazy that we're already here. But the only one this weekend is the Siena versus Lube makeup game. Yeah, uh, because. Uh, we will have uh, Italian Cup semis going down for the men. Uh, we will talk about that in a second because right now we are going to jump over uh, to the Lega Volley Feminili, um, who are a little bit further back. And man, this this playoff race, you know, we're talking about playoff races at, at the bottom is a big one. Firenze picking up a big win uh, in five, and they can continue to be perfect since adding Malinov. We see Novara continue to plummet. They lose 3-1 to, to Chieri. Um, other than that, I think everything was pretty much, pretty much, uh, um, oh, uh, Busto as well, getting a nice 3-0 three, three win over Bergamo. That that was big um, with, my, uh, with um, Maria, uh, Rosa Maria going yeah. off in, in that one. Where do you want to start with this one, Rob? Um, I kind of want to start at the bottom with Pinarolo beating Perugia because that has a lot of effect on relegation. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's look at the standings, too. Um, so getting close. I think I can't remember who Perugia beat uh, the week before. They beat somebody. Oh, they beat Casa Maggiore out of nowhere. They, they had like, like a random 3-0 win over a playoff team, and it looked like that they were going to save themselves from relegation, and then they go out and promptly lose and give up three points to one of the teams that's chasing them. So we don't need to dig into the stats of that match at all. I just thought that it was interesting in the effects that it'll have on the relegation race. You've got 12, 10, and 7 points at the bottom right now. One of those three teams will get relegated for sure, but there's still plenty of time. Um, other than that, like matches that are actually good, I kind of want to look at Kieri versus Novara, see what happened in yeah. those stats. Like, that's a big hangover game for Novara after beating Vaca Bank in Champions League. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, we're seeing once again, Karakurt was just all right. No, actually, she was she was pretty bad. Um, 12, 12 kills, nine errors, right? And that is, you know what, and when you're giving as much, and I mean, it was just an error-laden day in general uh, for Navara, and really not the same same thing on the other side uh, for Kieri. I mean, 15 points for Rosansky, 17 for Grabelna, 12 for Kazelke. Like, Kieri is a team that's, you know, really coming on nicely at, at this point. Novara continue to fall there now into fifth. And this could be, this could be that 4-5 matchup uh, in the playoffs. And mass, that win is massive for Kieri because they now leapfrog over Novara and hold home court advantage over them. That is a great point. Very easily could be the 4-5 matchup. And look at, I mean... Man, look at okay, we got the standings up. Look at these, man. It's so tight. Bustor CTO jumps up into sixth, but a three-way tie in points, sixth, seventh, and eighth are all yeah. nine and ten. They all have twenty-eight points. That's ridiculous. Uh, Firenze, like you said, is chasing. They actually just won today. Uh, there was a weird Tuesday match. They beat Cuneo oh, yeah, that, in five. That, that was that was today. That that yeah. match against Cuneo. Um, and let's. Where are my stats for that one? Yeah, the, because... the, the Novara stats aren't loading for me on the website right now. Uh, something, okay. something wrong with the Lega Valley Feminile website. I don't know. Yeah, both both Nwakalor and uh, Britt Herbots with 21 points in this one. But if you look at the Cuneo sides, 
25 for Kuznetsova, 22 for Gikel, uh, and 24 for Sazakmari. Um, so that one looked like it was a barn burner. Man, I wish I would have watched that because it looked like it was toe-to-toe all the way to the end. 17-15 in the fifth for, for Firenze. Wow, that's a lot absolutely of scoring, man. It's a lot of volleyball. Yeah, a lot of volleyball. And I mean, if there might have kept Cuneo alive, but I think their playoff hopes are, are dead. And sort of Valfolias at this point, they're six points behind Firenze uh, for that last spot. But man, Firenze... That's a team that I don't know if anyone wants to go up against. Like you have two big scorers in Brits, Herbutz and and Wakalor. They've they've won five in a row since the addition of uh, of Malinov, and that's a team that's absolutely rolling by now. Firenze does look better. You, you've been higher on them this whole season than I have. I think Brit Herbutz is awesome, but I I do think they're a little too one dimensional still. I'm disappointed in Volifolia. I really thought that when they picked up Annie Drews, they would start playing significantly better but they've lost four of their last five they've they've lost to all these pretty beatable teams uh, their only win recently was against Pinarolo um, they have had a okay they, they've had a difficult schedule they had Canaliano Scandici uh, Busto I, I probably should win that one Malonza you can win that one um, but yeah they they are running out of time after making a couple mid-season moves to try and make the playoffs it hasn't really gone that way for them no, it hasn't. And I mean, it doesn't get any easier. They take on uh, Firenze, the team that they trail uh, yep. in the standings on, on Saturday. Followed um, by one... Bergamo, followed by Casa Maggiore. Like all those teams right there in the middle competing for the same things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Bergamo was another team that struggled. None of their players getting into double-digit double, double points this weekend. Um, just, yeah, not a really good look uh, for them. Whereas Mo- Rosa Maria had 20 uh on today or in this one with no errors and i mean this was a team that was really struggling start of the season in the basement and carly lloyd has really picked that team up and you kind of knew that she was coming off you know she, she hasn't really been playing had a kid but she's been looking really good and busto mo- continues to move up and if we look at the matches coming up, there's some spicy matches in Lega Volley Feminili this weekend. First and foremost, Malonza taking on Scandici Love in Malonza. That, match. that Love one's going to be a, a, a big match. You've got the, the, the two versus the three, so that's going to be huge. Chieri against Busto, uh, that one's also going to be massive. You know, Busto, I don't think any of those those bottom three, four teams can can catch Novara or Chieri. Actually, maybe, because the, the women's, I think the women's have like, they have, they, they, they play 26 matches, so they've got seven left. They've that's still, still got seven. That's a that's decent still, amount of time. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, it's cool, you know, whatever. Um, that's going to be two two basement teams. Um, Bergamo against Perugia. Um, Bergamo needs that win because they're holding on to that to that, that final spot. Um, Canigliano against Pinarolo, whatever. Uh, and then Novara against Casamaggiore. Casamaggiore. On a bit of a losing skid here after after li- losing their past three, They're, they they need a win. And I mean, we've looked at what Bergamo Bergamo just lost a big one. They also they also need a win. So a lot of must wins right now in in the Lega Volley Feminili as we still have what seven matches left in the season. Yep, plenty of them. There's they're all going on basically at the same time on Sunday, uh, but the the real match that you're probably going to want to watch on Sunday in Italy, Everett is. This we got the yep, Coppa absolutely. Italia men's final. So we'll talk about this. We'll talk about the Polish Cup. Both 
semifinals going down on Saturday, both finals going down on Sunday. The men's Copa Italia is in Rome. Uh, it's and like I think you made this point one time, ever, and I agreed that the Copa Italia is the or the, the the cup tournament in your country, whatever country it is, is kind of the biggest like single event domestically. It really gets a lot of domestic eyes, domestic attention, sponsors, big production, uh, TV, the whole thing, and and, and that that goes for. Uh, for every country in Europe, but definitely the Coppa Italia um, in Italy. Playing in a big arena in Rome should be some great matches. Perugia versus Piacenza is one semifinal. Trentino versus Milano is the other semifinal. You remember uh, Milano upset Lube. Everything else was pretty much chalk. So uh, Perugia versus Piacenza is Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Trentino-Milano is Saturday, noon Eastern. And then the finals are Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern are the winner of those two games. So all that on Volleyball World TV. I'm stoked to see this. Obviously, Perugia is the favorite. Everett, do you think they add another Infinity Stone to the gauntlet? Yes, I do. I, I, I truly do. I mean, I do think that it's going to be pretty easy for both them and Trentino to get past. I mean, we did see an epic, uh, wasn't it last year in the playoffs where we saw Trentino and Milano go toe-to-toe in the quarterfinals? And then we just saw an epic five-setter. So those are two teams that really match up nicely against against one another but i do do expect trentino to take it especially now perugia versus piacenza especially now with the loss of Leal. yeah um i don't think that one's that one's even worth it to to watch and i mean hey if you're gonna watch anything at, at that hour in the morning might as well watch um xavier versus zaxa that starts at 45 minutes before so I, I to be honest i think that there's way more intrigue in the polish cup than there is in the the Del Monte. I agree with you. So let's talk about that one. The Polish Cup, exact same thing. Uh, This is being played in Krakow, big event. Zavierce versus Zaksa is one semifinal. That's Saturday morning, 8.45 a.m. Eastern. Yashimski versus Rosovia is Saturday at noon Eastern, and then the finals are on Sunday. That, I agree. I do not know how to pick that tournament. I do not know. I I, I would pick Zaksa over Zavierce, but... Um, yeah, JW just, versus Rosovia yeah. is a toss-up. Yeah, hundred percent. Just because of recent recency bias, you know, we saw Zaxa beat Zavierce in in the Champions League. You know, they would have won the other game if it wasn't for they they just needed it. And you could tell that both of these teams were were setting up for the 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 Polish Cup because as soon as Zaxa won that game, the benches went on. Man, even Eric Shoji didn't even play um for for Zaxa and I mean usually libero not saying that it's the easiest spot in the the court that's not at all what I'm saying Eric don't get mad at me please (laughs) um but you know like it's it's not the most physically um you know the 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 physically the hardest you're not you're not jumping all that much um so they're getting ready for this one I would expect Zaxa but man JW against Rosovia JW was a team earlier in the season that I thought might go undefeated they looked so damn good They've cooled off since then. Rusovia currently the top team in the Plus Liga. I think that one's going to be a banger. Um, and you can check that one out at noon uh, Eastern time on uh, on Saturday. Just said, Rob, who do you who are you going to pick in that one? Ooh, I I think this might be the time in the year when the Rusovia curse starts to strike. I think this this year has been going a little bit too well for them. Uh, I I love TJ DeFalco. Obviously, he's had an MVP caliber season. I do not trust Matsya Muzai. I do not trust Fabian Zizka in a big moment. I, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Yashimsky, which was set up for another JW versus Zaxa final, which would be electric. I mean, that's what we've seen. But the road to get there, I think, is going to be more interesting than the last, uh, let's see, Zaxa has won three Polish Cups in a row. 
going into this one. So I, I think yeah. it'll be more dramatic than that. Uh, you really could make a case for any of the four teams. I do think Zox will beat Xavier Che, and I think I think this might be the time when when Rosovia starts to crumble just a little bit with some big moments and big expectations. I always like to look at setters in this situation because setters are just like quarterbacks in football, oh, yeah. and they're the, the linchpin of your team. I have no confidence in Fabian Driska. I never have. <laughs> you know, he he got lucky by winning. Uh, did he even win a world? Cha- no, he didn't even win a world championship. No, he, he was he was the starting setter on both of those uh, fourteen and eighteen teams. But uh, I don't know if he wasn't. I, I don't know if he wasn't for. We look at that later. I think you're right for eighteen still. Um, I do believe though in Benjamin Tonitu, right? I know that he's a winner, and I know that he's someone that 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 can that can win you a match. Um, yeah, I I know that this GW team has struggled, um, but Boyer was pretty good in their last match, a three nothing win over Lviv. Uh, he was ten for nineteen, only twenty one percent efficiency, so that's not fantastic. Nice. That's not good um, at all. So it's really going to come down to how good, like like to me, it's going to be how good the uh setters play and how good the right side plays for 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 either one of those teams uh and and we're gonna have to see it both <sighs> streaky potentially error prone right sides in boyer and Muzai. yeah oh but neither of them trevicha can set because they're just <laughs> way too high for him you know Could, that, yeah. that, that's that's essentially how it is. Could be a could be a huge offensive clinic. Could be a little bit of a sloppy nightmare. Regardless, I think it's going to be really fun. So, yeah, both Polish Cup and Italian Cup will be decided on Sunday. We'll uh, we'll see if Perugin adds another Infinity Stone to the gauntlet. We'll see if uh, see who takes it in Poland. And uh, more more cup action, right? Because we had the French Cup quarterfinals today. Is that right? Yeah. Real quick though, just about the Plus Liga. Not as easy to watch uh, as the uh, Superlega and and the Coppa Italia. Right. So you're gonna have to come onto the Discord uh, and ask some people for some live stream links for that one because that one is gonna be a little tough to watch. For, fortunately for you, that is what the Discord is for. So if you haven't already joined the Volleyball Source Discord, you're crazy. Uh, well over a thousand members. The link is in the description. Also, uh, let's see. We've had some good, good viewership numbers on this episode so far, but only 15 likes. Let's let's right, get so that number on. up a little bit. Yeah, it got it got to be better. For Hit us. the thumbs up, boys and girls. Uh, um, we we yeah. see you all in the chat. By the way, the chat's getting a little more active. Love to see it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, one one other thing about uh, cup. Um, we did see the fr- quarterfinals of the French Cup today, and man, the the results were kind of all over the place. Saint Nazaire, which was has been one of the strongest teams all year long, falling. Three nothing to Narbonne. That was a massive upset in in my eyes. Anyways, uh, otherwise we see Tools take down Montpellier easy. I mean, Tools is leading the league, so that that's uh, no surprise there. Poitiers going toe to toe with Seth, and I'm pretty sure um, Derek Epp was injured in that one because he was dressed as the libero um, for for Set. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, I think it was Kyle Russell got 20 points for for Set in the loss in in that one. Is is that? Yeah, twenty points for for Seth in the loss. Um, Good to uh, see him the, playing well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Efficiency not that great. He is, he was sixteen for forty three, but with five errors and got blocked six times. Um, but good good on Putsi and Jack Howe for, for getting that win. Um, the one result that I want to look at there is is Nice versus Ajaccio uh, up at the top. And Rob and I were talking about it. Fortunately, some stats matches don't stat only only half of them do, but 
Nice is where Stephen Marshall's playing, and he got subbed in on the right side uh, in the second set, uh, which is also what he had to do this past weekend in the play. Um, and then in, in late in the third, their middle hurt his shoulder. So they didn't have any other middle. So Stephen Marshall, who's six foot on the roster, like, <laughs> like, like, like let's, let's put it this way. He's six foot on the roster. Now, we've seen him play um, right side before. Rob definitely has nightmares back of 2015 when Canada beat the U.S. back at the, the Grand Champions. I remember that Detroit. match very well. And Stephen Marshall, he, he wasn't the MVP, but it was given to Dan Lewis and everyone. Like he, Dan Lewis handed it to, to uh, Stephen Marshall upon walking back to the line because he was unreal. Um, he ended up lining up in the middle and went five for five attacking in the win for Nice. I, were, I mean, they were playing Ajaccio. Uh, Ajaccio is, is a League B team. Um, and they upset Paris to, to get there, but still big ups for, for Steven Marshall. And I was talking to him a little bit earlier and he goes, yeah. And our setter just got hurt too. So I might be setting this weekend. I, I don't, I don't even know. Um, which is, I love that so much. The, yeah, uh, one of the great utility players in the game. Yeah. The, the, actually, I think that was the first volleyball source video I ever watched. I think it was, it was the, the baseline camera. It from was that, from that five that center weekend, against the United yeah. States in Detroit in 2015. I, I think the, that was the first volleyball source video I ever watched. That weekend was the first uh, baseline videos we ever did, and yeah, that, and I did it. I did it, it. On, a, on a on a on a little camcorder, um, and yeah, it, it was a little fun. I remember like watching the numbers go off in that, and I was kind of like, "Ooh, like Ooh, that's we that might was have something bit, here." <laughs> yeah, this we we might have something there. Exactly that, um, Rob. Before we get to the VLA, there is one piece of news that I wanted to talk about. Uh, that I meant to put in the show notes on the weekend, and I completely didn't. Um, but uh, we have some NCAA women's news mm. that is only relevant because the Kentucky Wildcats have picked up a brand new associate head coach, none other than Mr. Ben Josephson himself. So big ups to Ben Joe getting that more, very coveted NCAA job. I do know that that's something that he was looking at before um, he got screwed over by Volleyball Canada. Um, so, man, that is a huge, uh, a huge pickup for that that Kentucky program. And uh, just want to give out a, a shout to uh, let's say let's say friend of the show. We've never had him on the show. But uh, we've had him on the my channel. Relation. We've had him on we've, the channel. That's close enough. Oh yeah, we've had him on the had him on the channel a lot. I know you loved hanging out with him and getting getting to know him uh, on on the weekend, um, or not on the weekend. Oh, over the course of, yeah, of Nations DNL. League last mm-hmm. last last summer. Um, so yeah, just a big congratulations for Ben Joe for picking up uh, a massive uh, job in the NCAA. And uh, yeah, Kentucky's a good program. He's gonna he's gonna do well there. They won a national championship just a couple years ago, um, and the SEC is kind of weaker uh top heavy at best and so yeah they're he's going to be successful i'm curious to see um yeah. see him in the women's game that'll be cool so yeah that's ben joe funnily enough he's going to be coaching against tom black who uh he coached with for a summer with the women's national the canadian women's national team um back in 2021 yeah 20 no sorry 2019 he he coached with uh tom black in, in 2019 so yeah big move there by uh by ben joe a lot of a lot of coaching movement right about now uh another 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 european cup that we got to talk about that i forgot every uh german cup final is sunday as well that is oh, uh, sick. berlin against durin uh 8 a.m eastern german cup final on sunday so uh, right. giving out and, some hardware 
yeah, that one will not be on Bounce House TV. That one's really? Gonna be on like Sport, yeah, it's going to be on like Sport One or something like that. Like it's going to be on the, the national channel. That's what they usually do with the cup. Okay. Or I'm um, pretty enough. sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll have links for that over on the, the, the Volleyball Source website. Also, big shout out to Joe, who has just been absolutely killing it recently. Like if you guys, like seriously, if you guys want to find live streams, head over to the volleyballsource.ca because Joe has been absolutely killing it. Any free live streams, and I think we're going we're gonna to upgrade it to, uh, um, to uh, anyone that we can find a VPN for now. Mm. Because, yeah, we did get a little bit of a code uh from nordvpn so if once you click on our link with nordvpn it'll give us a bit of a kickback interesting very nice yeah, yeah the, the the volleyball source website has been overhauled it is great it is a very good source for live streams so definitely give that a shot i wouldn't say it's overhauled it's still pretty ugly but joe is doing a much better job at, at oh, just, yeah, it's, keeping, it's, a, uh, keeping updated than full i of ever content did. it yes. is full of uh, content and that is great and uh it's like and Joe is just like a, a friend of ours who's joined the Discord has been an active member of the community forever and she offered to help and Everett put her to work which is great and we'll do the same thing for anybody else who wants to do media who wants to do research for the show who wants to do just about anything uh, if if you have a, a skill set you think would be useful to us uh, let us know and we will find we will find space for you to help us grow some of the things we're doing around here we are still looking for like a show producer. Uh, someone to help us clip things out and and help us make some you know vertical content for 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 TikTok and for Instagram Reels with the show. So if you have that skill set or want to learn that skill set, that'd be awesome. I do want to. This is like almost like a a, a misconnections from Craigslist, but there's someone who messaged me a while ago, like over the holidays, and he said he was from the south and he was just like, I'd love to help, and I was like, absolutely, and I put his contact somewhere and I completely lost it. So if this sounds like you. Contact me again, please. Because <laughs> I was literally like, I was literally searching through the Discord today because I know he posted in the Discord and I was like, where was this? But there's just so much, like, it's so hard to look through it if you don't know someone's name or something like that. So yeah, that's if true. that sounds like you, reach out to us, please. All right. Uh, last but not least, Everett, uh, let's turn our attention stateside just a little bit. Um, last weekend was the third weekend in a row of uh, VLA action. So Volleyball League of America, very, very busy right about now. This is in Phoenix. I was not there, but I was watching, and there were very good games. Um, pretty heated West Division rivalry between the Phoenix Ascension and the SoCal Rising Tide. Uh, Ascension goes 4-0 on the weekend, beating Rising Tide twice. Both five setters, both 15-13 in the fifth. So spicy matches there. And because the West Division only has two teams in Tier 1, we brought in the West Coast Brigade out of Costa Mesa to fill that event. And they did not show particularly well. So uh, sometimes that happens. You bring in a Tier 2 team and they're just not really ready for it. Uh, so yeah, both those teams looking good in the West. Uh, still VLA Volleyball this weekend. Uh, I'm going to Boston. I'm flying to Boston on Thursday night. Got matches Friday, Saturday. Um, same matchups as, as a couple weeks ago in Connecticut with the East Division. See if anybody can take down Team LVC, the reigning champs that look like the team to beat in the East right now. So a lot of VLA action going on. I'll be there calling the games on Friday and Saturday on the VLA channel, and uh, which is actually kind of cool that they're Friday, Saturday. Get, get a little Friday night primetime games and then clear the stage for all those cup finals that are going on on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, fair enough. Can, can we jump back to this weekend's um yeah. matches because like wasn't rising tide at the top of the standings 
before before like weren't they undefeated at the top of the standings and, after the so- socal cup yes they were and so here's i'm glad you brought up the standings. so th- those were their first two losses of the season they did get Huge. a point they did get a point from each of them um the both five setters both narrow but the nice thing about what the rising tide has done is because they won that tournament the first tiebreaker before points matches one before any of that the first tiebreaker in the vla is cup tournament wins so be, because the Rising Tide have won a tournament, they won the West Division Cup a couple weeks ago, they have already clinched a playoff spot, and they're playing pretty much with house money the rest of the regular season. They can, uh, they can do basically whatever they want in those regular season events. Uh, so the fact that, I mean, they went two and two with eight points. That's pretty good. That's the most points you could possibly get with, with only two wins. They, that's not going to bother them at all. Their focus is on, is on the VLA Cup, try and win that tournament. And then the championship, the tier one championship later on in the summer, they are they're set to go uh, until then because of that one win. They were really good for one weekend, and that's going to put them in great position for the rest of the season. So kind of a a quirk of how the format works, where the number of tournaments that you win, those four tournaments that we have in the season, that's the first tiebreaker in the rankings. Well, I love that because it's like it's almost similar to points in like a ranking system like an international point system which is we've thrown out the door completely with the FIVB which is why Cuba is so damn high when all they've beat is like Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Qatar this year so and Russia's, Russia's still in there um, so yeah I like the fact that you know wins matter but also winning winning a tournament matters because I think winning a tournament but so do you have like the secondary tiebreaker as being like a tournament win because they technically won this set of turn or is this not considered a tournament? This is just matches. Yeah. So the, this this sort of event like with when we have three teams and they play a double round robin, that's not a tournament. That's that's just regular season play. That's where we get the, okay. the teams from that division uh, into a convention center. In this case, a great event, the volleyball festival in Phoenix with all the juniors there. That's just regular season play. There are four tournaments. There's the divisional cups, uh, West, East and Central. Uh, Central's coming up in Chicago in two weeks. And then there's the big one, the VLA Cup. And so if you win one of those four tournaments, that that counts as the standings as one of the tiebreakers. After that, it's it's you know standings points the way that we're used to doing them. But in the Tier 1 level, it's points per match played. We have to divide by mm. number of matches played because, because of those tournament formats. All those matches in the tournaments count for like your regular season points but there's no guarantee that all the teams are going to play the same number of matches because you get six or sorry, you get eight in the regular season. Then you play your divisional cup and the VLA cup. And there's no guarantee that the teams are going to play the same number of games. So we divide the points by the number of matches that you've played. That's the tiebreaker after number of cup tournaments that you've won. So that's how that works. All right. Interesting. Sorry. And can we jump back forward to uh, this weekend in Boston? That's the East cup. Not or East no, Cup, just more East regular season. Just more East regular season. Okay, yep. I'm starting to catch on now. Yeah, Team LVC, they're they're definitely the favorites heading into this one. Maybe Force can can win a match. That that would be great. Uh, Force did take LVC to five a couple weeks ago and got a point mm-hmm. from it. But yeah, Force is winless. Boston bounce is kind of middle of the pack, but they've got home field advantage this weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to Boston, and I'm looking forward to getting to explore the city a little bit. That'll be cool. And then Boston. I love Boston. Boston's cool. Then next weekend is the Central Division Cup in Chicago, which is a massive tournament. 20 teams. Ooh, dang. Dang. Uh, I'll be a busy boy for that one, but that's a home game for me. So I'm looking forward to that very much. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff with the VLA. I think Vince and I are going to do an episode of our talk show tomorrow night. 
uh, Volleyball League of America YouTube channel for all this stuff. All right, cool. Uh, I've actually got a couple of podcasts coming up tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to Dylan Mortensen of the Saskatchewan Huskies. He just uh, surpassed. Um, he just basically set the record in the Canada West for most kills and most points uh, all time. Whoa! So big big ups to him. Absolutely. Um, just past Tyler Schmidt of, of MRU. So he did that in the last regular season game of the season. So I'm going to talk to Dylan Mortensen. I've been talking to a lot of Saskatchewan Huskies recently. Uh, it, it's kind of nice. So uh, that should be a good one. And then on Thursday, it's going to be a big week for the podcast as well, as I'm going to be talking to uh, none, other than, none other than Mr. Eric Lepke. Uh, so that one's going to be a really good one too. Uh, of course, he's been playing fantastic with Toronto this year. He's the highest scored, le- low scoring left side in the Superliga um, this season, just having a massive ba- bounce back year. So it's going to be fun to talk to Eric and maybe we, we can get, uh, get his insight on what he thought about Ben Joe uh, signing with Kentucky. Ooh, that, that would be nice to, to know some of that information. I mean, yeah. Eric's married to an American NCAA setter alum as well. Uh, so there's some NCAA connections in that family. Maybe we can get some get some spicy details. Yeah. Also, one other thing, I uh, just want to give just a, a quick a shout out or disclaimer almost. If you're in the GT area, uh, I'm going to be setting up some volleyball source runs. Uh, I've secured a venue out in Pickering. Um, which is just going to be awesome. Um, it's called the Jungle Courts. Make sure to go check them out. It's a really dope venue. Just going to be one court. Uh, and over the next few weeks, few months, I'm going to be setting up some runs. And to be honest, I only want the best of the best, right? So if, if you think that's you and you're in the GTA, if you're, you know, uh, at, at this point, we're looking for men's, men's league players. So if you're a retired, you know, U Sports or CCAA player, maybe you played some pro uh, and you're watching this, uh, if we're friends and I haven't reached out to you yet, I'm sorry, um, but may, definitely get in touch with me um, because, yeah, we're going to be looking at setting up some runs. I'm going to set up the camera at the baseline. I'll also have a mic and I'll be chirping in it the entire time. Uh, it's it's going to be a good time. So make sure you you contact me, whether it's on uh, if you if you know me, then on my personal Instagram or the Volleyball Source Instagram or, or, or via the Discord, uh, we might actually get, if we're we if we need a referee, we might actually get two jacks to come out too, oh, uh, what a legend. And, and make some bad calls. <laughs> so yeah, it should be a good one. So if if you guys are around, if you're around the GTA, um, definitely uh, definitely sh- shoot me a line because uh, ideally ideally we'd like to you know like to get some some stuff going on you know scarborough men's league is all right but let's let's get some high level stuff and uh i want to start commentating again and get some more content up on the 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 volleyball source youtube although i will be at uh some oua quarterfinals this weekend uh, as well so very nice We're, we're, we're both busy dudes we're all over the place in our respective countries yeah, hundred percent. So I think that's it for for this week's show. This was a long one, almost a, almost an hour and a half. But uh, that's what happens at this point in the season. So oh, yeah. much, so much going on. Um, make sure to, ch- to join us on the Discord. That's the number one place to follow everything this weekend. Make sure to head over to that volleyball.store and pick yourself up something nice. Treat yourself. Why not treat something someone you love? You know, some 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 great stuff out there. And uh, make sure to watch some volleyball this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Uh, same time, same place next Tuesday. Enjoy all this, uh, all the, the, the cup action this weekend. We'll see you in the Discord, and we'll see you next week. All right. Peace, guys.